listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host today and we've got Tamika Spalding joining us from the Northwest west coast of tasmania welcome tamika hi jason how are you today i'm good this is this is mark's uh, a wonderful morning for me i managed to um, get four children off to school and they were all at school an hour early so i could be here this morning with you well i do appreciate you joining me now this is normally mark's program that's uh, Mark Falconer, but uh, he was unable to join us today. He was unable to, to be here to present the program. And uh, unfortunately, we um, were unable to record it in time as well. So today, um, I guess we've got a bit of a, a substitute program happening. It's still on the topic of encounters with Jesus. And today that uh, I'll be presenting, I guess, a, a program based around one of the stories in the Gospels. And we hope that uh, you uh, enjoy the, the program that we've got prepared for you. And uh, Tamika has kindly agreed to join, and uh, I, I really um, am thankful for that. We can have a discussion together, we can learn together, and uh, we hope that you also can uh, learn with us today. Um, what have you been up to on the weekend, Tamika? Well, I actually attended something that you had a big part to play in this weekend. Yeah. I went to the uh, Bible Society's Word Songwriting Showcase. Um, I actually tuned in. <coughs> excuse me. We um, I tuned in live um, via the stream that you, that you put out live streaming. Mm. But you held it in Kingston, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was down in Kingston in uh, in southern Tasmania. And um, this is an event that hasn't happened for the last couple of years because of COVID, but uh, we're back doing it this year, and we decided this year to live stream it. And uh, I was uh, responsible and in charge of the live streaming, so that was that was a bit of a fun, fun thing to do. It was uh, pretty full on, but uh, we had about eighteen uh, songs, I think, from Tasmanian songwriters, all original music. And uh, was there anything that um, impacted on you particularly through that concert, Tamika? Yeah, actually, there was um, a guy, his name's Peter Tuner, if anyone wants to look him up. He he uh, sang, well, he actually wrote a song that he got some people to produce and, and, and sing, um, which, yeah, really affected me, actually. I uh, One of the lines in his lyrics was actually um, a line that I had written uh, several years ago, just before I started um, my His Herd ministry, and um, I had felt convicted then to to start. Uh, and um, yeah, I'd actually been on the beach and and was running sand through my my fingers. And um, yeah, there was this line um, that sort of came to mind at the time um, about you know we're just a a, a piece of sand on, on the shore and. Uh, anyway, in his um, lyrics, uh, he had the same line that I had written down, um, and just so happened that while I was watching that that live stream, that I was writing a blog about this particular event three years ago, and just talking about how we're about to enter into spring, mm. and how much I've, you know, grown in my um, spiritual life um, and my relationship with with God in that time, and so to look at 
this line and then see him singing the, uh, you know, this lyric being being sung, um, it really hit me. So after the concert, I got out my clarinet and and played played, played clarinet, some music. Which, and, and then I saw yeah. that uh, you break a reed that you've I had did. for about twenty years, which is amazing. Twenty one year, yeah. twenty one years. I had my very favourite <laughs> reed, and I I broke it by hitting it on my lip. Yeah. And uh, it was probably well and truly time to probably let it go. Due for anyway, replacement, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, today uh, Encounters with Jesus is our program. You can go back and listen to past episodes of any of our programs from Tassie Encounters or any other programs on Faith FM. You can do that by listening to or getting the Faith FM app. That's the Faith FM Australia app. You can get that on your phone or your tablet. You can listen anytime on demand or you can listen live as well using the app and also the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Um and of course today we'd love to hear from you today. Maybe just text us in where you're listening from today. Text us in on 0488 880891. We'd love to hear from you. Um, of course we've got a free book offer coming up later in the program. So do write that number down 0488 880891. If you've got any questions, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you on that today. So uh, to make a, I've titled this program, How Much is Too Much? And uh, I guess um, in this world, there are people of different wealth statuses. Let me put it that way. So some people are rich and I consider myself um, probably in, in Australia, you know, pr- probably middle class is what you'd say. I don't consider myself poor. I don't consider myself at the top of the uh, of the wealth um, spectrum, uh, how about you, Tamika? Would you would you consider yourself <laughs> poor or, or middle class or rich? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're probably in that that middle class bracket also. Yeah, and, um, and yet you know, compared to the rest of the world, we are probably we're pretty rich. Yeah, pretty rich. Eighty um, yeah. percent, I believe, of the world is uh, far worse off than what we are. So we're we're very fortunate. But I just wanted to uh, put into perspective some of the wealth that um, some of the top earners in the world have. Uh, Elon Musk, I believe, um, he's a bit of an engineer and a physicist and probably most well-known for Tesla, the electric vehicles. But um, interestingly, perhaps not so well-known, he uh, was the person who actually started PayPal, the uh, payment, uh, internet payment system. So... Uh, he he earned a lot of wealth uh, over the years through different enterprises and companies that he's built. He's worth over two hundred billion dollars uh, as of this year, over two hundred billion. So he's number one in the world. And to put that in context, two hundred billion dollars. If I was to increase my wealth by a hundred thousand dollars per year, that would mean that I'd have to live for two million years to get as rich as Elon Musk. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's crazy. Would you like to increase your wealth by a hundred thousand a year? I think most of us would be reasonably happy with that. <laughs> I can't even think what you would do with that type of money. Like, That's crazy, yeah. isn't it? So two uh, two million years, I'd have to live for increasing my wealth at a hundred thousand a year to reach that sort of level of wealth. So then you've got people like Jeff Bezos. He's the founder of the internet um, online sales company called Amazon. And uh, you've got others like 
Bernard Arnault, who I think is a French um, businessman involved in companies like Christian Dior and Louis Vuitton. Bill Gates, of course, quite a famous one in my area because I've uh, I've done a lot of work in my, in uh, software and Microsoft um, systems. So Bill Gates was one of the founders of Microsoft, and he's been rich for quite a long time. But getting down now to about number four or five in the list, Larry Page was the uh, co-founder of Google, and uh, he's number five apparently at the moment. So so all of these people have been very successful in the material world. But I want to bring it back to um, a verse, and I'll, I'll get you to read this verse to Mika yeah, sure. from, from Matthew 16. And uh, I think this is really important because, you know, we can be super rich on this earth, but Jesus says something in Matthew sixteen twenty six. Can you read that for us? Yeah, and it says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Absolutely. So this is really, I guess, the focus of our, our topic this morning. You know, we can be rich, we can have many things, but if we don't have eternal salvation, then we've lost everything really, haven't we? We have. So we want to have a look at that now. Um, let's read our, our main scripture passage today, and it's actually Mark chapter 10. Uh, I had a mistake in my notes here. It's Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 30. And if you've got your Bibles at home, um, we'd love you to read along with us. We're reading from the New Living Translation. But uh, we're going to read this uh, passage through. This is an encounter that a man had with Jesus. And I'll get you to read this for us, um, Tamika, if you if you can. So this is uh, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 30. As Jesus was standing out uh, on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only good is truly good. But to answer your question, you know that the commandments, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, Honour your father and mother. Would you like me to continue? Yeah, we'll go right through to 30. I'll read a couple of verses if you want, sure. and then we'll, we'll swap over. So it says, um, Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You can go now, Tamika, from verse uh, 22. <clears throat> and, this, and this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a, ne- eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. We're going to leave it there. We'll go, we'll go to the break and we'll come back and uh, we'll dig into this passage a little bit more. But um, we've got a question for our listeners today and we'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488 880891. Have you ever had too much of something in your life? Perhaps something that distracted you from your relationship with God. How did you deal with it? If you've had something in your life that's distracted you from your relationship with God, 
let's uh, hear from you today. Share us how you dealt with that and uh, got back onto track with your relationship. So 0488 880891 is the number. This uh, first song today is called Everything is Possible and it's uh, called uh, from a group called Scripture Lullabies.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're talking about a topic called How Much is Too Much? We're looking at the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And uh, yeah, today Tamika's joining us in this discussion. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, before the break we asked the listeners um, a question. Have you ever had too much of something in your life that distracted you from your relationship with God? And how did you deal with that? And you can text us in your answer at zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you today, and uh, we're going to dig into this passage in a bit more detail. So we've just read Mark chapter ten and verse seventeen. I think we got to about verse twenty six or twenty seven. So we're going to go back and have a look at this in a bit more detail. Um, so let's just read Mark verse uh, chapter 10, verse 17 again, uh, Tamika, and we're going to note a few things about this verse. Sure. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? So there's a few things I notice about this. Um, in that time, I believe that for somebody like this man, and, and this man was a rich man, we know that. Um, in another passage in one of the other Gospels, it, it calls him a religious leader. So he was probably a rich yeah. religious leader. And for a rich person to run was considered shameful. And yet this man ran. So that I find interesting that he ran to Jesus. So he really wanted, he must have really wanted to talk to Jesus. Hmm. And the next thing I noticed is that he knelt down. And uh, if somebody kneels down, what do you see that as a as a sign of, Tamika? Yeah, well, respect. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, sort of Some, honouring someone and, that you would listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we don't do it in our culture, but in other cultures, it's very common. I know. I visited India uh, with one of my employees, and it was very strange because when we when we met people, they would often um, kneel down and touch your feet, which was interesting as a sign of respect. Uh, so this man obviously had a, a level of respect for Jesus. And then the, note, um, the next thing I notice is that he's, he's asking this question in a really interesting way. He says, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? It's interesting to note, you know, he was a religious leader and you would think that he would already know what he needed to do. So, But yet he still came to Jesus. So I'm I'm interested as to... You know, wonder why. I wonder what was going on in his mind that asked him. You know, to, that prompted him to go to Jesus and ask this question. Mm. Um, and and interestingly as well, he says, "Good teacher." And Jesus Jesus uh, responds to him. Let's read um, verse eighteen, where Jesus responds. It says, "Why do you call me good?" Jesus asked him. Only good. Only God is truly good. So this is an interesting response, isn't it? So yeah. it's almost like Jesus is saying, don't call me good. And yet we know that Jesus was good, uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't, um, I guess, emphasizing that here. But he was challenging, I think, this man to think about, well, why are you calling me good? And it makes me wonder if Jesus was sort of subtly saying, well, only God is good. And if you really knew me, you would also know that I am God. Yeah, I, I think he was because he, um, I know in my own relationship with God, I think God always um, asks us to think deeper and mm. asks us the questions so that we 
we are thinking. Yeah. We are thinking deeper. And 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 to bring our attention to him, you know, because yeah. so many things can have our attention elsewhere. The other thing that I'm I'm interested here is that the the fact that Jesus says only God is good. You know, in our religious experience or our spiritual experience, we often look to people, to celebrities, to um, you know, spiritual leaders, pastors, or you know, somebody who's had a very big impact on your life. And um, I think sometimes that uh, we find that people do actually let us down. And there can be experiences. Have you ever experienced something like that where you've looked up to somebody and then you've found out later they're not quite as good as you thought they were? <laughs> yes. And I I think, um, you know, as my relationship with God grows, you realise that, you know, it's probably um, it's in my fault that, that I think that. We, like, we mm. can't put people on pedestals because they will fall. Mm. You know, it shouldn't be a surprise to us that people fall because, you know, as as Jesus said, only God is good, and mm. and so you know it's an it's an expected. And I guess it, it's not an excuse, but it's some um, it's something that um, I guess it puts it in pers- into perspective. As you said, that that really, if we're looking for perfection, if we're looking for somebody who will never fail us, the only person that we can look to in that is Jesus and and God. So um, I think that's what Jesus is sort of saying here. Look to God. And uh, I think he was also sadly saying, well, you know, if you knew me, you would also realize that I am am God. Um, So then verse 19, let's have a look at that one. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honour your father and mother. So it's interesting here that uh, Jesus mentions five out of the Ten Commandments. Um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued as to why he did this. I'd love to ask him the question, well, why did he mention only five? But uh, obviously these are part of the Ten Commandments and we know that there's, uh, there are Ten Commandments back in Exodus 20. And uh, it starts with, you know, uh, you shall not make any other gods or have any other gods before me. And then it goes on. Uh, the first four commandments, I think, seem to be to do with our relationship with God. And then the next six are really about our relationship with other people. And all of the ones here he's mentioned, I guess, are the more obvious ones. And, and most of these things would be um, understood and accepted and uh, even their common values in our society, aren't they? Mostly, you know, that, uh, you know, you should not murder. I think most people think that's a pretty good... Um, <clears throat> yeah, they're the things that are the run-of-the-mill, everyone knows, pretty simple, which I think he believed probably that he was doing. It's like, these yeah. are the things that are obvious, Lord. Of course I'm not doing these. Yeah, and that he actually uh, responds to that in a moment. We'll, we'll read that where he says, well, I've kept all these all my life, but... yeah. So the question is, well, if, if he knows the commandments and he knows that, you know, he's kept them all his life, why would he be asking, you know, this question? I, I, I really think he, he had a question in his own life that maybe he didn't have everything that he, he needed to have eternal life. He must, have, he must have come seeking out Jesus for some particular reason. Um, well, so far, these are the external things, aren't they? These are the things that you do that are obvious to others usually. They're actions that we take. 
um, yeah. that are exterior. That's right. Yeah, and. And you know, so many people can can keep these uh, types of commandments. You know, if if you're looking at the exterior, it is possible for people to to keep those. It's not impossible for pe- people not to murder. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not impossible for people not to commit adultery. And so these are, are things that are uh, obvious, and they're not impossible to keep. Mm-hmm. Now, I think though, you know, Jesus knew that the commandments were important. He wasn't dismissing the commandments. And I think many people today think, oh, well, since Jesus came, the commandments are of no longer importance to us. Well, of course they are. He mentioned them here and he said, keep them. Um, the fact that he didn't mention specifically the first four might be interesting. But if we read in uh, Matthew 22, verse 38 to 40, can you read that for us, Tamega? Yeah. So Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equal love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Yeah, so this is another instance where somebody came to Jesus and said, what's the most important commandment? And he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And the second, of course, is the uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, these these are the summary of the Ten Commandments. The first one is about our relationship with God, love God by not having other gods, by not taking his name in vain, you know, by keeping the Sabbath. And th- these are the the commandments that are um, directly challenging us to uh, in our relationship with God. And then, of course, the last six commandments are those to do with our neighbours and relationship with other people. So Jesus at, at never uh, never once really uh, dismissed the commandments. He affirmed them, and uh, he did it once again here as well. Uh, we're going to go to a break, and uh, just before we do, we'll ask you that question again. Have you ever had too much of something in your life that distracted you from your relationship with God? How did you deal with it? We'd love to hear from you today. Uh, but right now, we're going to go to this break, and this is called Love One Another by Carly Fletcher. <laughs> Everyone will know that you belong to me. This 
everyone will know that you are my children if you program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking on the topic of how much is too much. Talking about an encounter where a rich man came to Jesus and asked him what must I do to be saved? And just before the break we were looking at some of the commandments that Jesus mentioned to this young man and uh, also another time when Jesus mentioned two other commandments, which are really a summary of the commandments, which is love God with all your heart, soul and mind and love as uh, others as yourself. <clears throat> so yeah. um, so in, in the context of the commandments, how do we reconcile that, Tamika? Well, I think we, we need to put it into perspective, don't yeah. we? Like... Um, because there not, are things we, that we know yeah, we're not saved by works. No, we are not saved by works. You cannot earn your place. Um, you cannot earn eternal life. You know, we know that Jesus died on the cross for us. We fall under his grace and mm. we cannot earn that. It's a gift that is freely given to us. And the choice we do need to make is to accept it. That is one choice we do need to make. And I think everything else kind of naturally falls into that. So, you know, if I'm loving God, then I'm going to naturally, um, you know, conduct myself in a way where I don't, I'm not going to go and murder someone or I'm not going to go and steal. I'm not going to commit adultery because my relationship with God is, is such that, um, you know, that would go outside of or against, um, mm. against that. And so I, I sort of see those things as, um, you know, they're commandments, but they're also, uh, you could say, the, the natural consequence of or following a response. Jesus. It's a response yeah. of, of uh, yeah, being saved. And, and I love uh, Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so no one can boast about it. And that, I think, is the summary, isn't it? So we are not saved by our good works, and yet God does ask us to do good works. So um, I think we, we need to focus first on the saving grace of Christ, and I think this is where Jesus was going in this uh, passage as well. There was something that was blocking this man from having a genuine relationship with God. But let's keep reading, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll go into Mark uh, 10, verse 20 now, and we'll keep unpacking this a little bit. It says, Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Yeah. So I, I think he thought, I've already got this together. I already am doing everything. Like, there's there's nothing else that I need to add, do I? That's it. He thought he thought he was right, but then he must have known that there was something, something else that he was missing. And so let's go on to verse 21. 
Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. I like I like that. Mm. Um, there is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Now, this must have been a very big challenge for this man because he was wealthy. We know that he was wealthy. He was rich. And in that time and culture, being rich was considered a sign of God's blessing. And so to consider the idea of selling your possessions would have been a big mental challenge, a a total shift in understanding of, you know, what it meant to be blessed by God. You know, here Jesus was saying, go and sell all of your possessions. You know, the sign, the symbols that you are actually loved and and blessed by God. Sell it all, give it to the poor, and then uh, you'll have treasure in heaven. Big challenge for this man. Um, So I think Jesus, though, could see into this man's heart. And I think that's why he... He challenged this man on this particular issue. Do you think this man was would have been considered a good man, you know, in terms of society? Do you think people would have looked up to him to make it? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think um, on a sort of a superficial level, we all can look good. Um, if, you, if you're talking right and you look like you're doing the right thing, um, and I think, you know, he believed to a degree that that's what he was doing. Uh, that he was good and, and that, you know, we can get into this trap too, that we think that we are good. Mm. And um, but, and I think I liked it how, yeah, Jesus just got straight to the, the heart of it. and He got to the heart of the issue. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think the heart of the issue in this case was this man's heart. Yeah. Well, he had a self-reliance on, didn't he? And, and you know, when you rely on yourself – you you can't um, you can't rely on somebody else. Mm. So I, mean, I think God was sort of saying you, you got to pick you or, or me. Yeah, and let's just um, flip over to Matthew chapter six um, and verse twenty one and twenty four. I'll get you to read that because yeah. I think this is very much on the, the same idea that Jesus was challenging this man. Um, let's read Matthew six twenty one and verse twenty four. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Wow. So this is really it, isn't it? This is the heart of the matter here, that that where we put all of our focus and our energy and um I guess even our love, you know, our love of money. See, it's interesting that the Bible, people misquote this all the time. They say, they say money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the Bible says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. And so this is the thing, isn't it? That God wants us to love him first, not money first. <laughs> he wants us to have a relationship with him over and above everything else he wants that to be the most important thing in our lives not earning money he doesn't say that money is a problem just the uh i guess the the priority focus on that money you know to uh to put that above everything else is becomes the problem as it says no one can serve two masters 
And and we are talking about money specifically today, and and it talks about money, mm. but you know money can be uh, anything that that takes us away from a relationship with yeah. God. Yeah. You know, money yeah. might not be the thing that you're struggling with um, as a listener, but we all have something that can hold us. Yeah, and that's that's uh, really the question of today that we've been asking is. Uh, have you ever had too much of something in your life that's distracted you from your relationship with God? And that's really why we're asking that question because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there can be many things. It could be a desire for fame. It could be desire for success in a part of our life. And we make that a priority. It could be a material possession. It could be money. It could even be a relationship. Perhaps we have a relationship with a person that becomes more important than our relationship with God. So it doesn't mm. have to be money here, but it's a good example because I guess we do live in a society that's quite materialistic. Some of the other things that I think of is though the things like uh, the desire for popularity and fame that seems to be very common in our society this day, these days as well. Actually, on that point, um, you know, you can be doing something in your church that you feel, you know, really uh, convicted to do, but the minute that you're looking at yourself for your for your gain, mm. um, you know, you you can fall in that trap too. So I think we need to also be be vigilant that um, we can be mistaken, we can even be deceived, um, and for us to continually you know, question ourselves, what is my motive for doing this? Is this for myself or is this for God? Um, because we can lose our way easily. Very easily, yes. And even in attempting to serve God, we might make something else our God. Something yes. else becomes more important than our actual relationship with God. And that's uh, that's so true. So we, we need to, we need to uh, take check every now and then, I guess, to ask ourselves the question, what's our real motivation here what's our our real goal is it to serve god and have a relationship with him or is it to serve my own needs and my own ego or whatever it is that we we're chasing there i want you to imagine for a moment that you had an opportunity to speak directly face to face with jesus and i wonder what jesus would have said to me what what's the the thing in my life that prevents me from having a better relationship with him and i guess we ask you that question this morning as well is there something that's in your life that is preventing you from having a, a better relationship with him is there something that distracts you and uh it doesn't have to be money as we said it could be something else um so there's a couple of verses that really help us with this, and we'll just finish off with this before we go to a break, but I'll get you to read Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, uh, yeah. if you've got that there, because this, I believe, is is really something that we can learn from as to if we're questioning ourselves, if we're asking what is it that stands in the way of my relationship with God, I think this passage is a good prayer that we can pray. And it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Beautiful. And uh, it's, a, it's a challenging prayer to pray because 
we're asking God to point out things in our lives. <laughs> You'd be praying with humility. We would prayer. have to pray this prayer in humility because we might not like what we see if God points it out, but it's something that we need to come to terms with in order to, um, I guess, clear the way so that we can have a better relationship with him. Now, we're going to go to break, but we've got a book offer for today, and we'd love to hear from you. Text us in uh, to claim this book offer. After the break, we'll give you a code. But our book offer today is called Seeking God, and it's inspirational quotations to bring you closer to God. It's by Lorna Arthur. It says, Faith is about a relationship craving reunion with a lost lover. When you search for God, you discover that all along he has been searching for you. So this is an anthology of quotes expressing the human longing for God in all kinds of situations. We'd love you to get a copy of this book this morning, so do text us in. We'll give you the code right after the break. But right now, this is Burdens by Jamie Kimmett. Where freedom is found 
Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're finishing up our program we've titled it How Much is Too Much and it's uh, been we've been talking about the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and uh, thanks to Mika for joining with us today it's uh, made this program far more enjoyable to have somebody to talk to um, while I uh, share this um this topic today of the rich young ruler. Before the break, we offered a book giveaway today, Seeking God. It's uh, inspirational quotations to bring you closer to God. Our code for today's offer is ENCOUNTER19. Text ENCOUNTER19, that's no spaces, ENCOUNTER19. Text that into 488 891 and we can get you a copy of this book. It's a great a little book with lots of inspirational quotes. So we'd love you to have this today. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I was, yes, I was going to say, so, um, you know, before the, the break, we, we've been talking um, about the ruler and um, he was rich, obviously, and he did ask a question to, to Jesus. And in Mark 10, verse 22, um, after Jesus had answered back to him and, and asked him, you know, or said to him what, what he needed to do, um, which was to sell his possessions and give them to the poor, his answer was, um, yeah, we'll read from, from Mark ten twenty two. At this the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Mm. And I just... He really cut to I, the heart of the I issue there. Yeah, sad about this because... Mm. In the end, he chose to to keep his possessions. He couldn't give them up. And um, I have a, a question for you, Jason. Mm. It's, have you had an experience um, relating to how you view your wealth or finance? And, you know, would you like to share that with us? Yeah, Did you? yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Way. Thanks for the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess for me, I've... Um, I grew up in a situation, and there's no criticism on my parents for this, but um, my parents seem to often have financial stress. And um, I guess I, I learned from that that I wanted to avoid in my adult life to avoid financial stress. So I was very cautious and conservative in my life when it came to finances, and I like to control things fairly tightly. And... Uh, but um, you know, when when uh, I got married and we purchased a house, um, I had a job, I had a young family, um, I was advised to get some in- income protection to, you know, to help me in a situation if I lost my job or couldn't work for some reason, then the income protection insurance would cover at least a portion of my salary whilst I was unable to work. And, you know, I'd been paying for this uh, income protection monthly, I'd been paying it maybe for about, 
I don't know, 12 years or so. And um, it, it came to be that somehow or another, uh, I had not been paying this policy after about 12 years. My income insurance policy was, was not paid. It was set up with an automatic deduction. And for some reason, that failed to continue to be paid. And uh, so really, it left me in a situation where I was without that insurance policy. Um, unbeknownst to you? Unbeknownst to me. I didn't yeah. think about it. I wasn't notified of it. And uh, life went on as normal. But then somehow or another, I think the insurance company managed to get in touch with me to ask me, was this intentional that I wasn't paying this insurance policy anymore? And I, I did, uh, you know, looked at, looked at my bank transactions and I saw, yeah, okay, yeah, that stopped, it had stopped being uh, taken out of the automatic deduction, um, for about six months. And I hadn't done anything to change that, but, um, it may have been something like a, an expiry on a credit card or something like that. I can't remember the actual circumstance now, but I do know that. It was not paid for that period of time. So in the end, um, the situation was resolved and they said, look, we'll reinstate your policy because it's been cancelled, but we'll reinstate it to its original um, if you make up the missed payments and uh, we'll, we'll reinstate that. Well, some years later, I was um, in t- 2018, uh, you know that I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Mm. And I had, uh, you know, treatment to go through. I was running a business and it was a a difficult time. And I made a decision to reduce my workload. I just couldn't cope with dealing with that challenge as well as trying to work full time. It wasn't really feasible. I wasn't physically able to do it. And so this is when the uh, insurance policy came in very uh, handy. And um, it really took the worry away from you know, worrying about the finances at that point in time because I still had um, some top-up income coming in. I was still working uh, a couple of days a week, but but the income policy, the income protection policy, covered the extra expenses. So I sort of believe that, you know, this was a years, about five years before I was diagnosed with stage four cancer and I claimed on this policy, it was five years before that it got cancelled and got reinstated, but I believe that God knew ahead of time because I often wondered, well, why do I have this policy? Why am I paying all this money out? I've never claimed on it. And, of course, God knew the future, but I didn't, and uh, he, he looked after me. And it really helped me come to a conclusion where I, I sort of changed my attitude towards financial matters because it was always a stress for me, but now it became a different um, understanding where where I sort of understood now that nothing is really mine. Everything is God's, my house, mm-hmm. my finances, my life, even my life, because now I was facing a situation where I could have, you know, died. And so even my life, everything is in his hands. And, you know, really, if God wants me to be wealthy, I'll be wealthy. If God wants me to be poor, I'll be happy with that and I'll accept that and I'll be poor. Um, you know, Job said, you know, God gives and he takes away. And, you know, and it's not just um, that he gives 
for our benefit. Well, everything he gives us is obviously for our benefit, but it's really for the long-term benefit, isn't it? And it's the benefit of us to, he promises to look after us, for take care of our needs. But he does that so that we can serve others and uh, serve him uh, through serving others as well. So yeah. really, it's totally changed my outlook on life. And um, there's a couple of verses that I'd like to finish up with today. Would you just like to read those, uh, Matthew 6, verse 33, and then Matthew eleven twenty-eight? Yeah, so it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. <laughs> that's that's the point, isn't it? Like, you know, we as you said before, with with money, it's not about money. It's not about how much or how little you have. It's about the relationship we have with God and um, how we're serving God. Yeah, um, and, and how we yeah. trust him and with, trusting our, God. with, with yeah. our finances our and God. our life. It's uh, it's really about our relationship with him. So I guess in conclusion, I think, um, you know, the summary of today would be that who is good? Well, only God is good. And the Ten Commandments, yes, they're important. But what's really important is our relationship with God. And Jesus really asks us to get to the bottom and or we can ask God to help us get to the bottom of what is it that's preventing us from having that relationship with him. Thank you, Tamika, for joining us. We're out of time. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Um, next week, we've got Afi Tuaoi again, studying the book of Hosea. Tomorrow, we've got Peter Watts joining us with Daniel Chapter 5, The Writing on the Wall. So wherever you are today, we do hope that you have a great day. What have you got planned for the rest of your day, Tamika, in 10 seconds? Yeah, I'm going to go to a cafe and sit down and write. Awesome. Write blogs, write programs for Faith FM. Awesome. Well, seek God while you're doing that. Remember our code, Encounter19. This is Your Heart by Sydney Wolverton. Sometimes I wonder why I don't find what I look for Searching places that I know I've been before My friends all tell me, Sid, what you look for is already yours The treasure that you seek is waiting right outside your door Jesus, open my door Cause I want the way and I want the one I want the sun to shine Showing me the truth of your love That I'm the treasure of your heart The treasure of your heart Well, life will pick us up and drop us back down again But I'm not scared because tomorrow is in your hands Anyone can find the dirt in someone else's heart Help me be the one to find the gold right from the start Now help me start, yeah, yeah Cause I want the way and I want the one I want The sun to shine on me And I can't believe that you're showing me The truth of your love that I'm the treasure of your heart is full of gold. These-
Truth of my 